I still like the fact that when you took the picture of the, the guy that streaked, all my friends said, there's no way that's Tommy. That guy's way too skinny in that suit. From the mountains to the east, to the caves to the west, you're listening to The Real WTH Show. Fresh cut grass, dirt, and love. The quality, consistency, and the price. What is up, everybody? Welcome 106. To, yeah, just because I told you it was. Um, welcome to episode 106 of The Real WTH Show. I am Tommy. I'm joined here with the, um, um, let's just say, um, disinfected Wilson. Wilson, how are you doing? I don't know if I'm disinfected. You're disinfected. It's been two weeks because Wilson... Because for some reason, you don't have to test after two weeks, so you just get to go back. Wilson. What? Got the vid. The COVID, the Kung Fu, oh. the Fauci virus, the the general Xi Jinping's um, communist bat virus, all the above, also known as Yeah, we have some bats out here. It's probably flu from China. Yeah. yeah. So just to clear the air, my, my dude here tested positive and he's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, what was it? The past two weeks, we both had like a minor little sniffle and we're fine. Yeah. And well, the past like week and a half have been completely fine. Right. Well, yeah. And the thing is, is like we had like the same symptoms, but one of us is vaxxed one of us isn't so it's like yeah it did, it did nothing that water shot was awesome yeah <laughs> vitamin vitamin b is that Thank what you. somebody australia said they analyzed it and it was just vitamin b or something yeah it was like it's like injecting you with like orange juice or something <laughs> but i'm glad you're doing okay i mean you 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 did sound you you sound like we both sounded sick but we felt fine it was just yeah. sniffles so you sounded worse than you were. And, and, you know, so last week we, we put out a, um, uh, a banked episode, um, not because Wilson couldn't record, but Wilson was on location, was. um, um, interviewing, uh, someone, uh, not really, I would say interviewing, just, uh, talking to the author of the next book we're going to be doing, um, starting next week. So, yeah. um, very, very excited about that. I mean, it, it sucks that the book had to be written um because of the circumstances but i'm very excited that we have this opportunity um to meet this guy and talk to him and just and read the story because if you lived in the sacramento california area you know about this this was huge this was big yeah um and um i've looked up video clips and everything it made it all the way to new york because of the aftermath of the everything the court that happened um the suspect's demeanor became was very very disrespectful obviously 
and it just i'll leave it at that but um we're gonna have him on hopefully on this show um promoting the book and then we're gonna wilson and i have gone into this blind we've owned this book for months now yeah at least since december yeah and i have it right here in my hand well sitting next to me literally facing me the book is called facing evil by scott brown and victoria newman and it's i haven't even opened it yet because we're both going into it completely blind i i opened mine to get an autograph yet lucky yeah (laughs) but i i mean it's gonna be um it's gonna be a a very good book and i've i've watched some podcast or listened to some podcasts watched some interviews on it and it's not like a um it's kind of like more of a overcoming a major obstacle in your life not giving up so this book isn't just you know written from what i've gathered um for just law enforcement it's anybody dealing with some something in their life that they feel like i can't go on so yeah and judging by his interviews solid guy i'm just really looking forward to that interview but um so yeah so we took a week off posted that um banked episode um which was about the matrix um you know and other things great movie yeah yeah. whatever (laughs) um john wick part seven yeah well i mean that would probably have more action in it than the matrix like it was all dialogue but whatever um but uh wilson i'm glad to have you back um do you know how to do this do you still know how to work those levers and the toggle the buttons and everything yeah yeah we're good okay so uh this is where we do uh you know um you know uh whatever you want to do speaking of not tambourines beers and cheers Is there such thing as a not tambourine? I don't know. An a- anti tambourine. Did you know that the tambourines that Prince use are worth like fifty thousand dollars? I know that's one right. If there. they're signed. Oh, if if they're signed. Yeah. Usually that devalues <clears throat> something. No, no, it's got his signature on it. Right, but like, um, who was it? Um, my old guitarist in my last band I was in, he had a guitar signed by I think Joe Satriani. The guitar itself was worth, I can't remember, let's just say $5,000. And he went to get it appraised, and then it had Satriani's autograph on it, but it appraised for like 4000 because it they was- They probably deep. appraised the signature then. No, they appraised the, the thing as a whole. That's weird. But you know what it, I should do? I should get my, my Tim Linscombe baseball appraised and like verify You should. You should. <clears throat> Um, you, it's so funny you bring, bring that up because it's been almost an exact year since you met him because that popped up in my memories. I was talking to my buddy Brandon about it because he goes, hey, does that kid still play for the Giants? I go, what kid? Because you know the pitcher, the one with the long hair. I'm like, which one? He didn't always <laughs> have long hair. And, and, and he goes, you know, the guy, you know, he was like really good. I'm all Tim Linscombe. He goes, I think someone no. Well, he, he went to the, like the Angels for a while, right? Yeah. And then, um, then he kind of like, does, I think he signed with the rangers for a brief stint and then they they released him and he's kind of like in limbo right now like just floating around in the mlb yeah. universe like like every player Everyone. is right now yeah. <laughs> um 
but yeah well because they said that the, the signature on the guitar actually devalued the guitar i was like defacing it so they they take that value of the defacing and then add the value of the autograph and it would be like four thousand like that doesn't make any sense however joe satriani still alive once he now, dies yeah i think more i i mean if you have like you said prince's autograph on a tambourine yeah you because you can't get that anymore <laughs> mm -mm. and if you can i would like to talk to you i would like to figure out how i could get some more autographs like some heath ledgers going in there some bob saggots and stuff It'd be kind of cool I, it is head isn't that weird it, it seems odd yeah i mean how do they know he hit his head and he wasn't murdered yeah exactly um or maybe somebody saw him hit his head before and then he didn't think anything of it and then went to sleep yeah no no did your parents ever when you were little like you ever hit your head though like, oh, you need to stay awake you just need to stay up do they ever do that thing to you no yeah for some reason um i remember if i ever hit my head i was like i'm tired <clears throat> i think i believe it was my mom she's like you, you can't go to sleep you gotta stay awake i think it's i think it was mainly not because you're you're just gonna die i think they're just trying to like keep an eye on you and seeing how you're doing oh um because you could easily you know give yourself a concussion or whatnot and your your brain bleed but i mean it is good to know that it wasn't any drugs or alcohol that would have really bummed me out honestly yeah well he did have covid though he did have covid you hear that? <laughs> they tested him why why test him for covid so they could claim it as a covid death probably you know that's probably exactly what it is his head's like off how do you die <laughs> covid, COVID. Well, which one came first? Well, COVID came first. You can't catch COVID if you don't have a head. So you know what? Yeah, yeah, you never know, though. I mean, you don't have a head and you got it. Yeah. So, but uh, what are you drinking on this uh, nine o'clock in the morning? Uh, I'm not Wilson? drinking. <laughs> what have you drank the night before that you could tell us about? <laughs> um, This is a Sierra Nevada beer. This is a new one. Um, it actually came in a variety pack at the old uh, Sam's Club. And um, it came with a bunch of beers that I, I, I know I like. So that, oh, I don't have them sitting out here. It came with the, the hazy little thing, the, um, the big, big little thing, I think is what it's called, the Imperial IPA and um, Hot Bullet, which is a, another double IPA. Um, and then it had this one. This is called Powder Day IPA, which when I first saw it, I was like, what the heck? Powder Day? Going to go get a makeover? It and then I realized. It could be a reference to snowboarding skiing yeah, or yeah, Scarface. We don't know. That's what it is because it's it's got like snow and stuff on the can. So that kind of powder. Um, this one is 7.7%. Oh, alcohol and uh that's about it there's nothing else written on here talking about it um but i tried it it was it was a good beer it was it was definitely worth coming in like a variety pack especially with the other three um because i know what the other three are good because i've had them before and this one didn't disappoint it's uh probably worth like a four out of five so when you say it's worth coming in a variety pack, meaning that it's something to try, like, you know, I probably wouldn't have gotten this normally, but if it's since it's in a variety pack, I'll get it. And then, hey, you know, cool. You know, it, that's what they do, right? They put it in a variety pack so to promote yeah. it. And 
but you ended up liking it sometimes yeah. sometimes there's just like some really bad ones in there oh yeah there's there's been bad ones before but this one's not bad cool and the can's pretty cool looking it's it's white white got some trees looks kind of like, like a, a snow like hill and it looks like the hops are like skiing or something down the hill but are they skiing in china right now right next to the nuclear reactor cooler towers <laughs> yeah yeah i I've, i haven't watched a single thing of it nor will i um, no. i did see uh sean white's uh final speech because i do like sean white is that the uh, redhead guy yeah the flying tomato yeah um yeah. you know he he lives in tall he's he really? got a house in tall okay yeah. Yeah, he's retiring. Um, so I didn't watch his run or anything. I'm not supporting the Olympics. And I know, I know what you're saying. Oh, okay, not supporting China, but you, you can still buy stuff made in China. Well, everything's made in China. You know, I there's nothing I can do about that, but I can not watch the Olympics. Um, but before you signed on, I was actually watching um old Olympic crashes and skiing. Man. It's amazing that they walk like, away from that. <laughs> like the videos on Cool Runnings, yeah, your bones, yes. bones don't break in bobsledding. Yeah, no, no. they shatter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, man, uh, it's kind of like why you go to like you know race car races. You're like, oh, here's a wreck. Here it is. You know, it's. I mean, you don't hope, you hope they don't get hurt, but you're like, it's kind of fun to watch. You know. Yeah. But or but hockey yeah. games. Yeah, fights. Yeah, you go there. Um, yeah. Baseball fights yeah you know, see bryce harper throw a ball you know see somebody streaked basement. across the field we're not talking about that anymore okay <laughs> i was a moron right don i learned yeah. my lesson um i i still like the fact that when you took the picture of the the guy that streaked all my friends said there's no way that's tommy that guy's way too skinny in that suit what the heck man that's what the suit does no dude no suit can make this look skinny trust me but i'm sitting there i'm like what the heck man like that hurts my feelings fellas i lost a pound okay <laughs> i look skinny here i i but you know just to move along i'm drinking the clear american strawberry it's one of my oh, favorite. i'm drinking i'm drinking the limit limitless mango i don't know if you have limitless out here this was at sam's club too but it's got thinning thinning something in there ivermectin that, that stuff Oh, is that like a uh, like an energy thing? No, it says supports relaxation. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's why you look so sleepy. Well, if it's at Sam's Club, I could probably get it because I have a Sam's Club here. Hmm. Maybe I'll look yeah. for it. Is it sweet? Is there sugar in it? Or is it, is it just like no, sparkling water? No, it's unsweetened. With, with no sweetener at all? Just I, no. I don't think so. It doesn't well, taste like it. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Uh, well, with that... We're going to bring him back. It's clean. It's cold. And that's what I call high quality tool. Thanks, Robert Butcher. So we're, we are recording this um, a day before live. the Super Bowl. Oh, live. Yeah. Well, it's always live when we record it. You can't say Super Bowl. Sorry. Edit that uh, out. Put a beep in there. Why? People. Why can't I say it? We're going to get copyrighted. Super Bowl is copyrighted. You could talk about it, Wilson. No. Haven't you, haven't you seen the commercials? Only no. Pizza Hut can. Because they're a sponsor. <laughs> and Pepsi, probably. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, let's try this again. And speaking um, of Pizza Hut, you, what's that black guy's name from Hot Dub Time Machine? 
Craig Robinson? Yeah. Dude, have you seen how big he's gotten? Like fat or just muscular? No, fat. Give me a second. Look <laughs> up the Pizza Hut commercial that he's in. It has a Juju, Juju, what's his name? Juju. Juju B. No, the, the, the football guy. How do I, sh- oh, here we go. How do you what, uh, Wilson? Say it, say it. I'm not editing it out. How do you, sh- what? Share this. Juju Smith Schuster. That's the guy I was trying to think of. Man, so it's like, hey, let's get a an actor who's gained weight for a Pizza Hut commercial. We originally had, you know, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill signed up, but, you know, yeah. he's, he's lost weight again. You know, he's yeah. going back. He's doing the whole Christian Bale thing where he's gaining weight, losing weight. The, the Oprah thing? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we are recording this a day before um the there, there's a, a stadium that looks like a bull and it's supposed to be great but it's ban- ran by a bunch of communists um you know so well maybe maybe but they're gonna make everyone wear masks and everything but anyways uh so the big game i guess i don't want to get canceled dude what if we got canceled for that <laughs> so I, and it's bowl like b-u-l-l super bowl <laughs> yeah um so but we red bull gives you we ings yeah exactly we can like really like watch what we say on everything this, this new paisa hoot commercial with craig <laughs> robinson um but we we did it we did our grilling with the guys um a couple weeks ago um ryan did his you did yours i did mine um i posted a little video about it of you know how cold it was during mine and we're not going to talk about it today but all of our stuff i can say this much turned out good yeah i liked yeah. it it was very surprising i was like wow that that worked um you did like a bunch of different little things and i, I only know, did two things your two things <clears throat> had like 20 steps to each one <laughs> which was i was like okay so i was just surprised it turned out okay yeah it was it was great i liked it and so um hopefully within the next couple of weeks whoever we'll we'll see if we get ryan on and we'll we'll talk about that but we did yeah. do it so um just in case you're wondering um and so like we said wilson had the vid but he's good he is back and he's um yeah that know. was the day i got it it's when i was cooking it was wasn't it yeah yeah so i remember because i almost didn't do it that night because i was like yeah I don't really feel like doing anything. Yeah. So we still got a cheers, brother. We're, we're all over the place here. You take a week off, we forget. I still got you a cheers. You forgot. Not me. No, no, no. You you, you got me all mixed I up. Just, I just thought you'd switched it up. <laughs> so, so, and I wanted to talk about this for just a little bit um, because, <clears throat> you know, more, this happened on um, uh, well, February 1st. So we're, we're a little bit behind. Um and if you live in the Sacramento area, you've heard about this. And I'm getting this from uh, New York Post. So a lot of the stuff that I'm reading here um, has um, more stuff has been come out about it. Um, so if I feels like I omit something, it's not because um, I don't know about it. It's because I'm just reading it here and we're going to talk about it. But uh, on February 1st, a long-serving California firefighter was fatally shot while on duty early um, on what February 1st. Or was it was Monday or whatever it says right here. Uh, Vidal Max Fortuna, a captain with the Stockton Fire Department, 
was shot while extinguishing a dumpster fire outside a building about 4.45 a.m., uh, Chief Richard Edwards said in a statement. I'm getting this from the New York Post, by the way. Other firefighters on scene provided aid to Fortuna and took him to the hospital where he was pronounced dead, according to the fire chief. Fortuna, a married father of two grown children, was a member of the department for 21 years. The suspected shooter, and I'm going to say his name um, because we're going to be talking about him. Robert Somerville, 67, was arrested soon after police arrived at about 5 a.m. Uh, Somerville was jailed and faced homic- and is facing homicide and weapons charges. A motive is not yet known, and a message seeking comment from Stockton Police early Tuesday was not immediately returned. And it says, uh, colleagues, uh, fire union brass and city officials remember Fortuna as a tireless worker who was dedicated to saving others. Max was the type of firefighter that showed up every day and never complained about his job. Uh, Stockton Firefighters 456 Union President Mario Gardia said, I don't know any I don't know many other firefighters who enjoy their job as much as he did. Fortuna also volunteered at a church in Modesto, Big Valley Grace Community Church. Uh, shared a photo of the late firefighter uh, playing bass on its Facebook page. Max was a gentle and humble man who loved God and exhibited many characteristics of Christ. The post reads, he served faithfully for many years and always brought his joyful attitude and strong work ethic to our ministry. He will be uh, dearly missed. Um, And it says a flag at Stockton City Hall was at half uh, staff to honor Fortuna. Um, And then, uh, you know, it has a bunch of pictures of him. Um, There was an online fundraiser, which I'm not even sure if I trust those online fundraisers anymore, especially if it's GoFundMe. Yeah. Um, Don't do that one. Uh, So usually uh, they, I think they might set up through some other account. I think it's over now because we're a couple of weeks behind. Um, And it says it is a devastating loss for his wife, two children, family and our fire department. Um, The page reads um, adding that details of Fortuna's service will be finalized. We love you, Max. I think his funeral already happened. I think it happened a few days ago. Um, I do think that Thin Line Brewing is planning on doing something for him. I think, yeah, I think they have a date for it now. Yeah. So um, maybe I'll look that up or you could look that up, Wilson, while I'm talking about this. So, yeah. So basically he was outside, uh, uh, you know, putting out a dumpster fire. Well, since this has gone on, um, the suspect has come out and he said that he is a uh, like a business owner and he's been having a bunch of like vandalism and stuff in his area. And he thought that, you know, the fire captain was out there vandalizing and so he shot and killed him. You know, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, you're a business owner. You're tired of people just being able to run, you know, roughshod on your entire uh, business and, you know, nothing happening to the criminals, right? Uh, however, you know, setting a dumpster fire, we'll, we'll, we could use the Rittenhouse thing. You know, those guys were setting dumpster fires, but Rittenhouse didn't shoot the guy when he was setting the dumpster fire. He put the fire out. He only shot when he was being attacked. So this guy, um, the suspect, Robert Somerville, has come out and said uh, that he feared for his life. I'm like, I, I no, you didn't. Because if let's just let's just say he was setting fire to the fire to the dumpster. He's that that's not a fear for your life, man. That does not count. Yeah, you could be mad about yeah. it, but it doesn't give you a right to shoot, even if the dude was a criminal. So you can't use that as an excuse to just start, you know, shooting someone because they're doing something like that. You cannot do that unless you're being attacked or, or someone, or you're protecting someone else from being attacked. 
And the family's like, he's a good guy. I'm like, yeah, of course you're going to say that. You know, everybody says that. I believe he was there um, um, in um, uniform and in um, he had his uh, his firefighting truck there. Um, the little um, the red SUVs or whatever. So I'm like, at which point, you know, you see a red SUV that says Stockton Fire Department on it and a burning dumpster. Yeah. Do you think uh, this guy's setting the dumpster on fire or do you think he might be putting it out? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think he might be putting it out, man. So this guy, Robert Somerville, probably not a bad guy. Um, Dude, a horrible uh, decision. Yeah. Like, and I'm wondering because they're bringing weapons charges too against him. So I'm wondering yeah. if he was one of those people who wasn't supposed to have a gun. Yeah, it could be that, or, or um, the- unless it's just assault with a deadly weapon that they're trying to pin on him or something. I don't know. Yeah, that that or or if he um actually well, if you're in a business, don't you, you're allowed to conceal in your own business, right? Because it's like your dwelling. Unless you're not allowed to have a firearm. But if you're the owner of the business, no, not, right. Felony, I'm not, you can't no, no, no. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking like, let's say I opened a pizzeria and I'm allowed yeah, to carry a gun in there. Carry because that's your property. Right. So what I'm saying is unless be like he, at your house. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. It'd be, it'll be interesting. And then I know that the DA and he, uh, he at least needs to get convicted of uh, manslaughter manslaughter yeah I, I don't think it would be um intentional oh if you're shooting at someone it's pretty intentional <laughs> um but it, it's i don't think it was uh yeah i don't think it was done out of like you know this guy's a murderer like a huge like killer i think he just you know he, he had a did have a very big um lack of judgment on this yeah um but you know, it is California, so I wouldn't be surprised if nothing happens to him. But something needs to happen because this is why we, you know, have classes for concealed carry. This is why we say, you know, hey, when the threat is gone, you don't do anything. Yeah. The threat is gone. If you're not physically being attacked, you don't do anything. You call it in. And then at that point, you know, I think a lot of people, if they just took a normal like security guard class, they would realize that if you just observe and report that would help the cops out so much more than if you try taking matters in your own hand because write it down write that license plate down because they'll handle it the right way but when you're sitting here and do this you have this situation yeah i get it dude i'd be frustrated if i was a business owner in california right now and then dealing with this but you can't do that you just can't do it so uh like i said it'll be interesting I'm, i'm trying to follow this as much as i can from out here um but um from the sound of it you know he seemed like a, just a pretty solid guy um and did you look something up when i was uh uh they haven't put the date out yet okay um we'll we'll, we'll obviously but the talk date about it. the date for uh ty linehan's memorial or uh fundraiser is next saturday so yeah i think the about, yeah we, we we mentioned that before um i unfortunately missed getting my shirt no, that's too bad. I had a lot go. I had a lot going on the past two weeks. Um, maybe I could talk about it in a couple other episodes. I'll I'll let you guys know. Wilson knows, but you know, I can't really share the news yet, just in case the news yeah. happen. So, anyways, 
California firefighter from Stockton Fire Department, Max Fortuna. We're going to give you the real WTH cheers. Cheers. All right, Wilson, you had something you wanted to talk about. I have a few things. Let's start with the one that's not law enforcement related. They're all kind of law enforcement related. All right, bang. You want a good story or a bad story? Let's start with bad because we're going to finish good. Okay, we'll talk about someone then. Um, so the headline for this, and, and granted, this article that popped up on my phone is from the Atlanta Black Star. That's the newspaper or whatever. Um, headline says, this was attempted murder. Two white men chased and shot at a black FedEx driver while he delivered packages. Attorney slams two light charges for father-son deal. What does this sound like? Sounds a lot like the Ahmaud Arbery thing. Yeah, it does. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying that these this father and son were in the right at all. Um, but just the way that this is portrayed kind of made me mad. Um, like it goes through and says how this guy is just delivering packages and as he's um, walking back to his truck, um, this this guy in a vehicle like tries to cut him off and stop him. Um, so he gets into his truck and he takes off. And a little bit down the road, the, the son is standing in the middle of the road with the gun in his hand, telling him to pull over and stop. And the guy's like, no. So he goes around him. And as he goes around him, the, the son shoots at him. Okay. Well, no, and, no, 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 based on that, that part right there, <clears throat> without knowing anything else, I don't know the story. If I was a FedEx driver, I would also say, and I wasn't doing anything wrong, I would also say no and try to drive around him. Yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. there's no way I'm going to stop when a guy's pointing a gun at me. Yeah. So right there, like, I don't see anything wrong with the story yet, but continue. Um, so they uh, end up chasing him for... I think they said like 10, 15 minutes on the highway and then they finally gave up. And then um, about two days later, they ended up the father and son turned themselves in. Uh, They talked about how the the FedEx guy called into his uh, manager and told him what happened. And the manager's like, okay, well, we'll follow police report when you get back here. As he's still being chased. Um, Or did he not know he's being chased at that moment? No, he knew. Okay. Once once it was all over, he called. So he gets back and he ends up filing the police report himself right away. And then they talk about oh, what did they say here? Chase me all the way to the interstate. Stop following 10 or 15 minutes after getting on the highway. Called the office again and spoke to a different manager who told him the office would file a police report in the morning. Gibson didn't wait. He reported the assault himself. I reached dispatch and let them know what was going on. And I only had a chance to get a little of the story out when he cut me off and he was like, worth this address? I said, yes. So right there, just that comment makes it look like dispatch is trying to like disprove him. Yeah. Dismissive. Yeah. 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 And that, that makes me mad, but this, there's a reason for that. And they don't, they don't talk about it. Right. Because this had already been called in by the father and son. The dispatch told the man that they had received a call reporting that a suspicious suspicious person was at the address in question. Gibson says he responded, "Sir, I'm not a su- suspicion." Why is that word so hard? True it's international that, under pressure. Yeah, it, it, it's it's that Biden, you know, that Biden virus yeah. you got going on. He said, "I work for FedEx. I was just doing my job." As Gibson continued to tell his story, he mentioned 
that the men shot at him, to which the dispatcher allegedly responded, well, they didn't tell me that. See, right there, just the way they wrote that, again, makes it sound like the, the dispatcher is like, oh, yeah, they shot at you. That, that's the feeling I get from the way they wrote it. Well, what, I don't um, know any dispatcher that would ever say they didn't tell me that. Usually they'd be like, okay, they would just get their side, not corroborating what the other side said. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to say, well, they didn't tell me that. I mean, the the dispatcher isn't the isn't like the the uh, trial. They're not going to be like, well, they said this about you, or they said this about you. They're be like, okay, they're yeah, going to take yeah. you basically as much information as they need. So it doesn't sound like that was legit. Um, that was even said. The dispatcher took his name down and told him he would give it to a supervisor to continue to document his report. Which that sounds weird. What I I don't I don't know. This doesn't sound like a normal dispatch agency, you know? Yeah, like one of those. What you said this was in Atlanta, though. It was, uh, oh, yeah, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, after returning to the FedEx station, the first manager examined the van he was using during the day. Gibson reported that he and the manager found. Oh, they wrote this really bad. There were bullet holes all in the back of the van, inside packages, and everything like that. Um. So now um, Carlos Moore of the Cochran firm is representing Gibson and he, I guess, released some, some pictures of the holes in the truck and stuff. Um, and then this, this is like almost at the end of the article right here it says, despite being a uniform delivery driver for FedEx, a look that includes the brand's signature color and logo, Gibson was driving a white Hertz fan at the time of the shooting. Okay. So now that adds a little bit more to the story because I can see why the two, the father and son would be like, this is suspicious because Hertz doesn't deliver packages, right? Right. But I, but so most people do know that Hertz is also a rental company. Yeah. But they would, I, I mean, it would be suspicious to me too if I saw a Hertz van driving around and going up to, to doorsteps. That like I I see I'm just saying I see what why the father and son were like what's going on here. I guess you know? I mean I agree to a to an extent because uh, I do see a lot. I mean out here in my area where we don't have like our bigger companies have uh, extra like say FedEx they have extra FedEx trucks on they have to rely on rental companies so I see that a lot more out here I guess in a big city I could probably be like all right you know that, you know it's kind of sketch because you have extra trucks for when trucks go down or they break down or you need extra help. So, you know, that's why I was asking if this was Atlanta, because if this was a small town, like if you, if you remember the, uh, um, what was it? Uh, the Brandon Lawson case that we did a while back, the missing with the 911 call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that call didn't go to a normal dispatch center, it went to like a, uh, like a, like an old person's home who they received the calls there because it's such a small town. So that's why I was wondering, like, if this was a smaller town in Georgia and, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to weigh all the, the facts as this news outlet is portraying. Um, so, and then it, it goes on to say Gibson alleges that even filing the report made him violated. One of the three officers that he spoke to asked him if he did anything to make them think he looked suspicious. I felt disrespected at that point because even if I did, they still can't take the law into their own hands. Um, 
but it, it's he's just like the police officers are doing their job. They're trying to figure out what happened that day. They're asking him, so do you think there's anything you did that could have seemed suspicious to somebody from the outside looking in? That's all they're trying to ask. They're trying to figure out the story. That's right. their job. They yeah, have to exactly. figure out what happened. Like, yes, you pro you got shot at, and but they're trying to figure out what led up to this so that they can document it and have a complete report when they turn it into the district attorney. And this guy should want that. He should he should want the the best report they've ever written so that it shows his side of the story is the right side, you know? Right. Um, but just throughout this whole thing, it I kept reading it and I was like, okay, yes, you got shot at. Stuff like this happens. Um, then they start comparing it to the Ahmad Arbery thing. And he's talking about how he feels unsafe. Um, it says on February 1st, the father was charged with a count of conspiracy assault and the son was charged with one count of aggravated assault. And they were released on $75,000 bonds. They think those charges are too light. They think this is attempted murder. Um, the one thing that I'm wondering, if, if I was the son... Okay. Granted, he shouldn't, they, they shouldn't have been out there. They shouldn't have done that. They should have just called the cops and right. left it at this suspicious person. If it's packages they're stealing, that's not life threatening. You know, who cares about that? It's just stuff. Um, but if that, that guy has the gun and he's uh, in the road, they said he shot at him as he was going by. Did he try and run him over with the car? Which would we would like you which, said, we would go back to what we just talked about with uh Max Fortuna, which would be you know the fact that 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 is a life threatening was there immediate threat to you, but yeah, at the, at the same time, they um, they they cause that. Like, I also know that, um, when you have like we were told when you and I both worked at Loomis, like. There's another company that um, rhymes with drinks. Um, they're always walking out with their hand on their gun. And I hated that because brandishing. Yeah. And one, a lot of people could perceive that as a threat or, you know, like, you know, like it's about to go down. Yeah. Uh, me, my hand would just be hanging near it. I would never touch it unless I needed to. But the minute someone points a gun at you, it, it's now a big threat. You yeah. know, you've been on the other side of that and how you handle that is, is different, you know, but with this, you know, the, this, I mean, I, th I think the problem here, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing too many people trying to make everything. I've seen both sides of this. Okay. I'm seeing everybody getting fed up with, with, um, not so much i'm not putting the blame on law enforcement i'm putting the blame on the people that are tying the law enforcement's hands to doing the right thing and keeping the criminals off the street um for instance if let's just say atlanta baltimore any big east coast city uh you have uh crime is down and then you know you're in a good neighborhood you see this guy you wouldn't think anything of it you'd be like all right cool whatever but when you're in these big cities and crime is just going crazy people are wanting to protect themselves. So people then at that point put, you know, well, if our, if they're not going to do anything, I will. So I see that aspect of it. And I also see the other fact that a lot of people are trying to make everything about race. I'm like, 
you know, like I was listening to speaking of the Ahmaud Arbery case, I was listening to a podcast that they're going over the case. And did you know that during the trial, um, Al Sharpton was inside there as a spectator? I don't think that should be allowed. To no. me, that seems like jury intimidation. Yeah. Jesse Jackson was in there. Like you have these, and I'm not seeing her saying like, you know, I, I mean, one, what church does Al Sharpton actually preach at? Really? I mean, Reverend yeah. Al, come on. You know, he's a race baiter. I'm going to say it flat out right now. He, he, he's a, like an ambulance chaser. He doesn't care. He gets money. Um, but it's, it's. Did you see that video that came out that said he needs a better teleprompter? Uh, it was, was it something about uh, 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 resist we much? It was an old one. No, it was just a compilation of him on the news, like reading teleprompter stuff. Yeah, he 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 he's, <laughs> he's very Biden esque in his. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For people that bad in care. There, there's the white yeah. uh, Al Sharpton right there. Um, but yeah, he did this thing. Goes, it, he was being really serious, and I I actually practiced this Wilson, and I could I, I know it verbatim. Okay, what he says, he was on a show, and he was he was being like trying to be like all inspirational about like you know, uprising, I think. And he goes like this. See if I can do it. Resist we much with that, which that we be committed. I'm like, okay. Yeah, right right on. That that, that sounds good. And then it was followed by it shortly after that. That was chanted from the crowd. Um, But but anyways, you know, I'm seeing everything about right now. It's here. Here's the way the media is working. You have, one side saying everything's about race one side saying we need to protect our stuff you know we need to take it we need to take our country back what right and those two are fighting okay what's causing all that the people in the middle is the media the politicians who are dividing all that and making that exactly what it is and that's what's frustrating because you know, this, the story is so funny because this story is so much alike the Max Fortuna thing. Cause you have one party who is just doing their job, which in Max Fortuna, it was him. In your case, it was the mm-hmm. FedEx driver just doing their job. Right. Then you have the other party who is tired of things going on, mis misconceiving on actually what's going on and taking matters in their own hands. It's the same story. It's just, you know slightly different and that's that's frustrating for me because i'm like you know how do we fix that you know like yeah turn off our tv you know i mean we we could talk about joe rogan right now saying how he's getting canceled for using the n-word a bunch of times but if you actually go back and listen to his podcast when he's saying the n-word he was actually having a discussion about the use of that word he wasn't actually just dropping n-bombs okay But here we have tomorrow night, we have a Super Bowl filled at halftime show with, with rappers people who do nothing but that and promoted cop killing. You know, it, it's like, but that's okay. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's like a fake traversy. It's like, it's like we're making fake outrage over something. Now, granted, this dude's getting shot at yeah dude you shouldn't be getting shot if you're just doing your job and i totally understand where he's coming from like like dude i'd be freaking afraid too like and yeah. that shouldn't happen um no the amon arbery thing like if we're gonna go there with that those guys that got convicted rightfully so like 
dude, like what yeah, were you and doing? The, these these two guys are in the wrong too. Right. Like yeah, these, absolutely. There there was no reason to bring a gun in into play there. Observe and report at all. Like if ever if every and citizen just did that. The thing the thing that I don't like is this father and son probably haven't said anything to the media because they're they're being smart about it, you know. It'll get like, twisted no matter what media yeah. outlet you talk to, right? But you get the, this other media outlet that gets one side of the story. We have no idea what the the father and son thought were going on. We have no idea if they even saw like what he was wearing, you know. Um, but um, they're they're automatically pushing the Ahmad Arbery style thing and they're calling it vigilanteism and it's just because he was black in the neighborhood and stuff like this and then um somehow gibson the, which is the guy who got shot at he alleged that the two men who assailed him are related to the brookhaven assistant police chief chris case which is why the men were allowed to turn themselves in a week later instead of the police going out and getting them which i don't know why the police wouldn't have talked to these guys less than a week later like that th there's just so many things with the story where i'm like what what's going on with so, this it doesn't some of it doesn't make sense they're making it seem like uh everyone is against this gibson guy which that's not the case the quotes that they put in there i could see the police officers and the dispatcher saying just to try and get the most information they can you know um and then they you can tell that this guy is probably going to go after fedex as well because he is has not come back to work right now um because he's scared and um he's not getting paid okay well so if that's the case then i should be <laughs> i should have some type of case against loomis because right exactly i got i got put off for a month with no pay i want everybody to remember what wilson just said and then wait till we're done reading our book our next, um, our next book about going scared back going back to work and seeing the difference here now now before we go any further i did a little bit of research i'm talking very little research took me two minutes while you're talking to find this atlanta black star this is on their website the very very bottom and left hand side is a narrative company we publish narratives intentionally and specifically to enlighten and transform the world there's a narrative there yeah and so they're not going to say what's what's uh the other side they're not going to come out from a fair and balance they're it says no. they're they're publishing a narrative so it, it's completely exactly you know it's one side obviously the name of elena black star it's a black um news outlet that's going to publish those things and not um they're basically the this is like in my mind i've only read this story that you're talking about or just listen to it this is like a media version of BLM. Mm -hmm. They're pub they're 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 dividing everything, and that's the problem. This division is is what's killing us right now. Yeah. So, I was just it, it makes me mad. Like the these two guys should not have done what they did at all. No, not they at were, all. They were in the wrong just from the onset. Looking at this, but I'm gonna sit here and wait until everything comes out just like i did with rittenhouse just like i did with the mod arbery case george like, floyd the list goes george on. floyd yeah i i'm not gonna sit here and 
like try and make assumptions about these two guys when and, I have I have no idea what their side of the story is. And it's not a blanket statement either. George Floyd, okay. Should George Floyd have died? No. I think majority of people can agree with that. Should that cop have done what he did on and lay on his neck? No. I think we could all agree with that. But then here comes the problem. Just because I say, uh, you know, I don't think, you know, you know, I could, I could actually pick apart each scenario and say, okay, this, I understand this part. I, this part's wrong. This part's right. But if I sit here and say, yeah, but George Floyd was fighting at first and he was resisting. I'm a racist now. I'm like, no, no, no. He, can, I, he continued resisting. I'm literally telling you what the video is showing. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all, if you wait for my next sentence, you'll also hear me say, but that cop did stand his neck for too long. I said, however, you know, I'm saying that I'm, that wasn't even the cause of death. No, it wasn't. But what I'm saying is, is I could see like, just because it's a, a, a cop involved in a situation, just because our podcast is pro police doesn't mean I'm always going to side with the police. I will see things like, then that was completely wrong. That was right. That was wrong. I could pick yeah. point because I have the ability to Monday day quarterback a video after the fact and, and, yeah. and see things that me not being in law enforcement, you know, I might, well, the, my best knowledge of it is I think this is right. This is wrong. This is right. This is wrong. But in that moment, they don't have that ability with, with, with this media outlet Atlanta black star. They're pushing their narrative and they're getting their facts right here and saying, this is exactly what happened. There is no other story. Yeah. There's no other side to this. This yeah. is what you need to believe. So if you were to read this, you'd be like, oh my gosh, those two guys are scumbags. But not knowing what may have happened leading up to it. Yeah. Like if you if you were to watch that Ahmad Arbery video, which I've only seen one time, and you watch the video from the dash cam of that other car or the camera, cell phone camera, you would just see two guys executing a black man in the middle of the street. Yeah. You don't know, you don't know the backstory. And Granted, you did a story a long time ago, a few episodes ago, about the the guy in the wheelchair who got shot. Yeah. Okay. If you just saw that video of the guy getting shot in the wheelchair, um, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, they executed a guy. Well, did they? Or was he going back into a store and he had a weapon on him? Yeah. And, you know, they're protecting. So, so everything is taken in context. They, they, they're building, like this company even says, a narrative and publishing that. Like... This is what we want you to hear. This, this is what lawyers do in court. The defense attorneys and the prosecutions do it all the time. I had this discussion with my wife the other day. I'm like, how come, like, if you have a defense attorney, like in the Rittenhouse thing, you could, like, have uh, the defense will sit there and they'll say their story exactly how it is, right? The prosecution is going in there and they're trying to, like, dismantle that, right? But sometimes yeah. they'll even make stuff up like that and so the, the, then we got into that discussion then i go well then how come like when you a police is are interviewing a suspect how come they can make up stuff she goes what do you mean i all i've heard plenty of like interviews like when uh like a person's being interrogated and the cop goes we found that we found the body we know what you did and they didn't find nobody they didn't know anything they'll, they'll lie to them how is that allowed i'm all they could do it and so I'm like, that's why, you know, like, like we say, I'm pro police and everything. But if that ever happened to me, I'm, I'm getting a lawyer, man. Just, I'm just, that's just the way it is. <laughs> because yeah. I know how they work and they're very good at their jobs. And 
like 99% of the time they get the guy that, I mean, but you got to protect yourself. But like I said, we go back to this division here with this media outlet and it's very frustrating because this story right here, if true, first of all, because there's a lot of fake uh, made up uh, um, race uh, things that happen in college campuses, like where someone will write something on someone's wall. And it turned out the person's like, oh my gosh, they wrote you the- You see small a. Yeah, exactly like that. And they'll, they'll, they they wrote the N-word on my thing. And they go, yeah, we went back and watched the video. It was you. Um, In today's world, dude, that needs to be like, you need to be coming under fire for that and going to jail. Yeah. That's not good. So what happens is, is when real racism hits you, that's why everything is racist, right? When real racism actually comes, people are just going to like, that's not racist, whatever. Because if everything is racist, then when real racism hits you, you're not even going to know what the difference is. Yeah. And that frustrates me. That's why when Joe, uh, someone was asking Dana White a question the other day, Dana White, those of you guys don't know, he's basically the UFC president. Um, and he was up there and someone asked about Joe Rogan's podcast, everything. And Dana White walked away from the microphone. Now, Joe, Joe Rogan does do uh, like uh, uh, announcements and stuff for UFC. And then there was a black UFC fighter up there. And he goes, you know what? I'll take this. He goes, I'm black. I can take this. I'm allowed to take this. And I'm saying, like, oh, here we go. And he goes, I know Joe Rogan. He's not a racist. He goes, he's the nicest guy. He goes, and basically, you guys are just making something that it's not. And, and what it is, is if you look back at the, the whole Spotify thing that's going right now, they deleted all of his podcasts, like over 100 podcasts um, yeah. where it was racist. But there's a common thread. A lot of them had conservative um guests on like candace owens and all them and then they put some other people in there like sam harris who's not a conservative at all he's he's more just a liberal who's not crazy and uh they got rid of his stuff because he said one thing that didn't go with this progressive movement and they're oh my gosh he's conservative i'm like dude they're silencing people it's it's all intertwined this and, and i'm and granted, like, it's funny how the story went to a podcast to racism with this story, because this right here is where it starts. It starts with misconception of the facts. And just like what you were saying with that, the 911 call with how they put it with the 911 dispatcher saying, like, like, what address well, was didn't... it? Well, they didn't tell me that. Yeah, that's what um, they make it sound like. But the, the real thing that probably happened was the dispatcher goes, oh, they didn't say anything about shooting, you know, that, that was probably more what it was yeah. like, yeah. like the dispatchers going, Oh, I didn't know that. There's you no, in, there's no integrity <clears throat> in journalism anymore. That's why I, that's why um, I recently started doing it. Cause I'm like, man, I really, and part of it, it's not on purpose. It, it's, it's just, I forget to do it. Cause I'm not a professional journalist or anything. I mean, I'm not even a journalist. I just do a podcast. Um, but what I'm saying, like when I read an article, I'm re- reading it verbatim. And I'm giving you the source. That's why you said Atlanta Black Star. This is what I'm reading. Yeah. And I said my last one was through the New York Post because I'm like, this is where I'm reading this from. This is not from me. This is from them. Um, I think I think the no New York Post is a is one of the better places to get stories from because they will say right at the top of it, opinion article or uh, I forget what the other word is, but 
something that's like actual I like editorial I think editorial like yeah so it'll tell you if this is someone's opinion or if this is like they did research on this this is the actual facts they found out on it, you know yeah they also basically cite their sources names interviews who they talk to yeah um you know one, one thing that uh i hear in the media a lot especially since covid hit is you'll hear media outlet always say um sources say that COVID-19 was originated in the Wuhan province in the China. Okay. What are the sources? Yeah. Don't just say sources. Cause I could sit here and say, sources say that, you know, Wilson did not truly have COVID. He just wanted a two week vacation. Well, who are the sources? Say it. Why don't you say it? Cause there are no sources. It's basically at that point, it's a middle school made up rumor lie and you're stirring the pot. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so frustrating. Um, so those two guys got arrested. The the white guys. Uh, they were they turned themselves in. They got arrested and they bailed out. And so that's where that story ends. They they don't know anything else. Yeah, and they said the guy hasn't gone back to work and he's not getting paid. They mentioned had to yeah. keep that in there, you know. Yeah, not getting paid. You know, there's probably a GoFundMe <laughs> that will actually pay out. Um, because of the scenario. Because if you don't, it's racist. You you want to hear something a little happier? Please. <laughs> okay. Have you ever played the game Wordle? Uh, no, I know all about it, but no, I don't have patience for that. I, I've seen people play it. I'm like, I, I, I'm horrible like at Hangman and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's basically what this is. You got you got five tries to to solve the word of the day. Yeah. Um. I don't it's know too much for about everybody, it right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Is it the New York Post or the New York Times that owns it? I think it's New York Times bought it. New York Written. Times. Yeah. Yep. There we go. So due to an, how old is she? 80-year-old woman not submitting her guesses for Wordle. Um, this led to the woman being rescued from a 17-hour hostage situation. What? Yeah. So a Chicago grandmother was rescued from a 17 hour hostage ordeal after police were alerted for the unlikeliest of reasons, a missing solution to the day's wordle challenge. The Denise Holt was the Chicago grandmother. Um, She was alone at her house in Chicago when a naked and mentally ill suspect entered her home. I think he had scissors or something like that. And on, he man. told her, like, yeah. <laughs> was, that, <laughs> was that an accident? <laughs> was that him? Was it? <laughs> what? Um, he told her he's not going to hurt her, um, but he did force her to take a shower or a bath with him. The woman, Denise Holt, her daughter was in Seattle and noticed that something was going on because. Uh, she didn't send her mother didn't send in her daily wordle guess and she's like she always does this this is her favorite thing you know that's what 80 year olds do right wordle yeah so um she also uh tried to talk to her send her a text or something and and couldn't get a hold of her so she asked for a welfare check on the house uh police got there and they realized that um this guy had taken uh denise holt hostage um, so they were in a standoff with this guy for 17 hours, but they ended up, um, getting him 
I don't think anything happened to him. Yeah, he he was fine. They finally got him out of the house. Um, they used a stun gun. I hate this. So do I. Cops, oh my gosh. Cops it's do not, not use stun guns. It's not a stun gun. That's a taser. So they used a taser to subdue him, take him into custody. Um, he he faces a range of felony charges, including home invasion with a deadly weapon, aggravated kidnapping, and assault against a peace officer. And for some reason, they put in here that's a term that includes police and probation officers, prison guards, and other law enforcement officials. So I'm wondering if maybe when they got him to the jail, he, fighting him maybe. he fought. Did so you they see sexual assault charge. in there? No. No. Why not? I don't know. Force her to take a shower. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, they did say a range, so I, I, maybe oh, they just listed a few yeah. of them. But yeah, she was she was saved by the fact that she played a game every day and didn't submit her answer. Saved and, by Wordle. Yeah. That's funny. Was... That, reminds, that reminds me of those true crime podcasts to listen to. And they go, and then they're interviewing like the the victims like boss. And they go, yeah, it was just so weird. You know, they they were late to work and, you know, they didn't call, didn't show. And, you know, they just... I knew something was up immediately. I'm saying, I'm like, boy, I'm screwed. <laughs> but they'd be like, oh, this is Tommy every day, you know, just you no know, call, no show. He'll be here eventually. One of these days. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Well, good for Wordle, you know? That's, yeah. Well, actually, good for the daughter for re- realizing that something was up, you know? Because, yeah. I mean, honestly, if it was you, you know, there's times where I send you a text, I don't get a response for like five days, and it's just like, okay. I'd be like, yeah, I, I don't know if Wilson's like, you know, being deliverance in the middle of the woods out there in California or not. I'm just, you know, you're just on timeout. That's usually what it is, right? Um, no, that's that's a good story. I'm glad she the the grandma's okay. Um, and it, you know, funny thing is, is when we were talking about that last. Were you done with that, by the way? I'm done with that. I just got one more quick thing. Whenever you're ready, uh, go for it. Yeah, I'll let you. I'll, I'll let you go, and I'll I'll bring this home. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this uh this video. I'm gonna have to send you the article. So you sent me a video of uh, that <laughs> was funny of a looking like a white transit van that was yeah. road raging with like maybe like a what a Challenger or something like that. Yeah, some or some little sedan. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, I think the best part of the video is is the guy's is the commentary. Yeah, he's he's all look at this fool. He's all and then with the police and the police show. He's all yeah, man, get him, get him, get him. I hope that's the law. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of had a feeling it was the way he was driving. I'm like, that's a cop. That's yeah. clearly a cop. Um, yeah, that that totally reminds me of what you you were mentioning when I was watching that video of the time that we saw. It was like, I think maybe at least two Roseville PD roll yeah. up to a 7-eleven right there at uh, riverside and kirby i believe right off of 80 yeah and right when they get out we're just driving like whatever we see them i mean they're going pretty fast i don't know if they're code yeah. three but they were flying oh right they, they were get, they were they yeah and right when they get in the car the guns are drawn and you could you you brought it to me i think you were driving i think uh-huh. and you go uh dude they pulled him over and so i stand up out of my seat and i'm looking also it was like it was like we planned it it was like <laughs> right when they get out they pull the gun out and they're facing the car and we're like yeah yeah said other things <laughs> we were so excited we we're like get some you know it was awesome uh yeah i love it when uh people get just that that that, that video you sent me that guy in the white van was he was driving so crazy 
Yeah. And it looked like the he other was, from the video, he was the one in the wrong. But like I said, you don't know what happened before that. Right. I just I liked the video because I liked the guy's commentary and it reminded me of that that time in the Loomis truck. Good times. When we got all excited. Yeah. And literally, what the funny thing is, is you and I could have had the worst day ever. And just that one moment turned it around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we still talk about it, just like Al Aura. The, yeah. when, when when you I th- i'll tell yeah. a story again because it was it was, it's so it was a late it was a late hour you know yeah um and, uh, I, no i it wanted wasn't. to know what time it was it was not <laughs> uh i i remember that day vividly because we were downtown sacramento we just got in doing this really uh the wells fargo is not a bad wells fargo but it's not in the greatest part of town and we're leaving and uh I actually at that that particular day, I just found out news that my um, my my friend Josh, I talked about him on a few podcasts ago, uh, many podcasts ago, um, took his own life. He was in the army, and so I was kind of like down and like just kind of just it bummed me out, you know. I was not in a good mood, and then you see a guy like what run a stop sign, like four stop signs, yeah, and I think you even like you because we have these speakers on our thing um it's very tempting to just grab the little loudspeaker and like talk into it but we're not supposed to but i think you just like clicked it because when you click it after it hasn't been clicked for a while it goes it makes like a beep yeah so you did that and then the guy just keeps running the stop sign and i think the guy was was hispanic and you you just yelled al aura and i'm sitting there like what's that (laughs) what's that and you're all al aura i'm like the hour I'm like, and you're just like, yeah. Well, you're like, wait, huh? I'm all, you're all stop. I'm like, that's Alto, brother. Well, you just Same told thing. him the hour. Close. It's like the hour is nigh. It's like you got so <laughs> excited about it. <laughs> I'm like, way to go, Gandalf. <laughs> um, I'm gonna talk about two things, and then I'm gonna do a follow up because some because you piqued my mind when you're talking about um that. Uh, Atlanta Black Star case. So I'm, I'm going to go to uh, one really quick that I thought was pretty cool. For some reason, this news article just came out now, but this happened in 2020. Uh, and I think you've seen this, uh, but it was um, there was the world's largest lightning bolt. Did you hear oh, that? Yeah, I sent you a picture of it. Okay. So, yeah. So um, I guess it was, I it took was it from the sky. You were, you were in the, in space like, yeah. with your camera. Yeah. That's- yeah but you can't send me a picture of your beers on time. That's awesome. Wilson. Nope. Were, were, were you up there with uh, um, Jeffrey Bezos? You know, did you go up there on the little Michael Strahan, <laughs> Michael Strahan and his teeth? Yeah. Um, so basically is, I think it's pretty cool. You just actually, pick- I actually took that picture through the gap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm those are dark on both sides. Those must be the back of the teeth right there. Um, so it says that the horizontal distance bolt stretched 477 miles from the central coast of Texas to southern Mississippi when it flashed on April 29th in 2020. It's pretty cool, man. That's uh, and it, I think it lasted nine seconds. They said, um, which I think was pretty cool. Um, you know, I don't know if that's an earthly oddity, but you know, it's pretty neat because I close. So I'm I'm just busting some stuff out here that you know clear out my little. Um, my little folder that I have for things I need to talk about. But this next thing is odd. The Real WTH Show presents 
earthly oddities. Okay, so this one is weird. It's pretty strange. Um, and there is no, as far as right now, at the time of this article is written, there is no um, answer. But it's really weird. So it says, there's no explanation. I'm getting this from KTNV in Las Vegas. For mystery liquid falling from the sky over neighborhood. Now, that sounds weird to me. Um, so it says, people in one eastern Las Vegas neighborhood near Hollywood Boulevard on Charleston Avenue have been completely perplexed for weeks as mysterious brown or black droplets have fallen on their properties. Marco Cervantes said the droplets have rained on his home, cars, RV, basketball court, course, and of course, everything else for the last three or four weeks. It could be grease, oil, I don't know, Cervantes said, while looking at the hood of, his myster- of, this, of this mysterious <clears throat> liquid. Uh, take two. It could be grease, oil, I don't know, Cervantes said, while looking at the hood of his mystery liquid, of this mystery liquid coating his USB. <clears throat> you know, yeah, right. there, there, there is a role here. We got we to do that when I... This article is written really weird. It basically says he's looking at the mystery liquid on his SUV, not USB, whatever I said. Um, it's very hard to maintain my vehicle. It's very difficult to be outside of my backyard knowing that I can't even cook or barbecue or anything like that because of the droplets on my food. Neighbors in the area declined an interview but said they've all experienced the same thing with no explanation. Cervantes questioned whether their droplets could have been have come from planes passing overhead. We all know what that means. Um, but he said contacting the Federal Aviation Administration yielded no answers. He wondered whether the substance could be toxic or harmful to his health. I would like somebody to take action and help me determine what this is and to help find a solution. Uh, KTNV reached out to the FAA for potential explanation and didn't receive a response. The Nevada Department of Conservation referred to KTNV request to the Division of Environmental Protection and the DEP had, hadn't responded to the inquiry by publication. So there was like a picture of it. It, it looks like almost like a tar, like, like black droplets, which one, you gross. Um, I don't know what that is. It's disgusting. But it's even weirder is no one's talking about it. No one is uh, mentioning anything like the FAA, you know, and all that. I mean, granted, yeah, it could be Greece. Now, here's the thing, because I got questions. Like, are you in a flight path? Yeah, they're, they're dropping their, uh, what are they called? Boeing bombs? <laughs> Boeing bombs? <laughs> well, there's, I mean. I mean, because, I mean, honestly, if it's happening that often and you're in a flight path, it's probably from a plane. Yeah. If you're not in a flight path and it's happening that often, it might be something else. Um, now, we all know Area 51 is not that far away from there. So God knows what this could be. Um, that's just weird, though. Could you or imagine? what trees are around? It's Vegas, dude. I don't think there's any trees. I think they just have palm trees down there are they like oak trees because oak trees will drop sap you know they will park your car under it you'll you'll come out an hour later and there'll be like little droplets of sap everywhere let's see eastern vegas what is that is that near henderson nevada because i've been i've been to vegas and henderson henderson is like elk grove it's like just a just a suburban area with they have trees and stuff but it's like i don't think it's oak trees though so i don't know it's weird yeah 
It's strange. Um, it's odd. It's and it's on Earth. That's Where weird. is it? Uh, okay. So the last thing I want to say: a long time ago, episode thirty-eight, back when I was in California, and I was, you know, we 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 I think we just started doing the episodes um, via Zoom. Actually, we've done more episodes via Zoom than we did ever in person, which is kind of sad because um, I definitely yes. miss the in-person ones. Yeah. But this is this was shortly after I started doing all the breakout episodes. I think this is shortly after COVID started. But episode number 38, you, you did an episode on uh, Oak Island, which was a, it's a great episode. I love that. One of my favorites. Um, Going to be Island. doing another deep dive. On Oak Island? No. Oh, okay. A different thing. Okay. It's way cool. It's going to make you want to move somewhere. Trust me. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and then then I went and did uh, an article or, or thing on Brandon Lawson. And we were talking about him during the thing. He was the um, the guy who had that really eerie 911 call. Um, and we dissected the call to see, like, what was he trying to say? Like, we, we, we played it a bunch of times. But if you want go back and listen to episode 38, if you if you haven't listened. But it's very interesting. So... This came out the other day, um, and I totally forgot to put it down in my notes to talk about it, um, but your story pinged my memory. I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this. So this is through, through oxygen.com, which is the TV thing, uh, true crime. So they do a bunch of true crime. So this is, um, it says right here, um, family says the remains of a man who called 911 then vanished 2013 have been found. Uh, it says Brandon Lawson's 2013 disappearance from the side of a highway in rural Texas fascinated true crime sleuths after the 911 call circulated around the web. His likely remains now have been identified. So it's not like 100%. Uh, the conclusion of the Texas man's bizarre 2013 disappearance may have finally arrived, according to the family. Brandon Lawson, 26, vanished along a desolate stretch of State Highway 277 outside of San Angelo, Texas, which is about 250 miles southwest of Dallas on August 9, 2013, according to the San Angelo Standard Wouldn't that be Times. closer to like Houston or something like that? I, I don't really... 250 miles? <laughs> I, I, I'm not really familiar with... Uh, yeah, it's pretty far. Uh, That's I'm a not, long ways. It's, it's all 7,000 miles away from Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a good point. I'm not too familiar with the geography of uh, Texas, so... Dang it, I'm reading verbatim here. I'm giving you the news as it is. What did it say? Southwest? Southwest of Dallas, which is about 250 miles southwest of Dallas. Um, on Friday, those closest to Lawson announced that a private team of searchers found clothing that matched those of Lawson when he disappeared. The team contacted local authorities in the Texas... Where, where was it? Uh, blah, 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 blah. It says uh, State Highway 277 outside of San Angelo, Texas. Okay, I, I see that. And if I remember I'm, correctly, I'm pretty sure that's closer to Austin than it is. I, I, <laughs> I, I think it is closer to Austin because my sister, when she moved to Austin, she had to drive through Abilene. She had to drive through Abilene, which is uh, in the 911 call. He says something about, I was just going down to Abilene. So, um, oh, yeah. But it says that uh, the team contacted local authorities yeah, and Texas Rangers 203 who miles to Austin. So it's closer to Austin than it is to Dallas. Yeah. Okay. It's like di almost directly west of Austin. So three miles. Yeah, I don't know why they. It's Austin... it's close to Midland. Some people. I've been to Midland. Isn't there, isn't there a show called Midland? 
or something like that. Maybe I've been there. That's where that's where George W is from. Oh, okay. Midland. Uh, but it, but what, here's the weird thing though, because it says that the private team of searchers found clothing, you know, out there. But the thing is, is if you remember that story, a lot of the uh, the police and stuff, uh, they weren't allowing searches on people's private property for some reason, which was weird. That's because everything's private out there. Right. The thing is, the police weren't allowing them to search. The people that the, the people were like, I think you can. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. They're like, please don't. No, you can't. It was really strange because remember, he also said state trooper or we thought he said state trooper. It was like, stape or pull me just around the outside or whatever like that. And so I'm, I'm going off my memory here. It sounds like he says state trooper. So I was like, man, is, is, did something go down with a cop? We don't know about. That's why they're covering up. We don't know. But it says answers to something we have searched for. Uh, the help find Brandon Lawson Facebook page read. And today I'm sharing with you that we now have some of those answers. And I found this out um, through that Facebook because I've, I've been following them since I first heard about this case. Ledessa Lofton, the missing man's longtime girlfriend, mother of three of his children, currently ages nine to 15, and stepmother to his eldest daughter, told Oxygen.com that she had utilized advocates over the years to help search for Lawson. Like I said, the authorities weren't helping in this. I had, a, I had a search team that's close to me, led by advocate Jason Watts, said Lofton. Um, and he led a search team, and it was really cold there, about uh, 10 searchers, and they found shoes in his shorts. Lofton said that as soon as they came upon the articles of clothing, they, they contacted law enforcement who returned to the scene and found human remains. I think when they found the human remains, I feel it's kind of, kind of it, said Lofton. I'm more concerned about the kids right now. They still don't know how to process this. She told auction.com that they expected DNA results um, in about a month, which the Coke County sheriffs confirmed uh, citing a forensic pathologist pending investigation. Although the tests to conclusively identify the remains are pending. The family said on the Facebook page that are in our hearts. We know it's Brandon. I mean, it seems kind of like obvious if his clothes are there. I mean, granted like how far away was the body from the clothes, whatnot. Yeah. Uh, we feel uh, in our hearts, it's him. So often we feel like who else could it be? We, we couldn't leave his family or he wouldn't leave his family. Brandon wasn't that type of person. So at the time of his disappearance, Lawson and Lofton were living together in San Angelo. She said the couple had an argument at, at home before Lawson left the residence for the last time. If I remember correctly, I think he was um, wanting to go visit his dad. In a 2018 interview with the San Angelo Standard Times, she said they fought because of their long working hours and young kids. Well, that sounds like every marriage that I know of anybody ever being in right there. So yeah. they're normal. Uh, but the paper reported this week that Lawson hadn't come home the night before and had re recently relapsed into his drug addiction. That I had not experienced. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, when he left, I guess he didn't have a lot of gas, said Lofton. Uh, mm -hmm. I called my brother-in-law to tell him uh, Brandon was going to run out of gas and put the gas tin on the porch to give it to him so he could get to get him gas because he was pretty mad at me at the time. Lofton added that her phone was about to die, and because she had only a car charger, she left the phone to charge in the vehicle. Um, when she retrieved the phone later that night, she found several missed calls from Brandon Lawson and her in-laws. Around 11.30 p.m., Lawson called his parents to let them know he was driving to their place. So, okay, so I was correct. He was going to the, his dad's house, which is over three hours away from San Angelo on the outskirts of Fort Worth. At 12.30 a.m., he called his brother Kyle Lawson, Kyle, Lawson, Kyle Lawson for help having a run out of gas along Route 277. And I think he states that on in the, uh, in the 911 call as well. 
According to the Standard Times, Brandon Lawson also told Kyle during the phone call he was being chased down by Mexicans. Now, this is the call to his brother. This is not the 911 call they're talking about right here, leading Kyle to question if he was hallucinating from drugs. Brandon denied it. Kyle Lawson then retrieved the gas can from the Lawson's house and went in search for his brother. The two called one another on and off for the next 50 minutes, but either the calls kept dropping or Brandon kept hanging up. During one call to Kyle, Lawson claimed he was bleeding. Around 12.50 a.m., Brandon Lawson called 911, a recording of which was circulated on the internet, which we played in episode 38, and reached the dispatcher, a nurse at a nursing home in nearby Robert Lee, Texas. Um, although phone reception was not great, you can hear Lawson tell dispatchers that he'd run out of gas, something was taken out to the woods, and he was not alone, and he needed the cops. Um, it is kind of in and out, but you could still understand what he's saying, Lawson told Oxygen.com. He just says somebody was after him. I don't know what happened. That's all we have is that 911 call. I still don't know what happened. Now, we think, you know, uh, this is me saying, uh, we think that the 911 call is edited because there's other stuff in it because it there sounds like there's some sort of edit in there somewhere. I could be wrong because it's very choppy. It could just be the way the call sounds. Um, a Coke County deputy found Lawson's pickup truck on the side of the road around 1 a.m. after a trucker had reported it was partially obstructing the road, according to the Standard Times. He arrived just as Lawson's brother showed up with a gas can. Brandon Lawson on the phone told Kyle he could see him arrive, claiming he was right here. Brandon, however, was nowhere in sight. And Kyle knew there was a warrant out for his arrest in Johnson County for drug possession with intent to deliver. Suspecting the warrant was keeping his brother out of sight to the cops and with neither the deputy or Kyle aware that Brandon had called the police and asked for the cops to come, Kyle chatted briefly with the deputy, confirmed it was Brandon's car and out of gas and drove a little ways up the road for the cop to leave. He waited for Brandon for 30 to 45 minutes after the deputy left. According to, to, the, to uh, Go San Angelo, According to Go San Angelo, but when his brother didn't appear, he left to go feed his young son. The dispatcher from the nursing home called Brandon back twice, starting at 1.04 in the morning to get more details, but got his voicemail. The brothers traded dropped phone calls until 1.15 in the morning, according to the Standard Times, but Brandon tried and failed to reach Kyle twice, starting at 1.19 a.m. All calls to Brandon went straight to voicemail. Kyle returned to the pickup truck with gas around 5 a.m., but couldn't find Brandon, the paper reported. The county had the truck towed around 8 a.m. The deputy conducted a couple small circle. Uh, sorry, the deputy conduct the deputy conducted a couple small scale searched searches in the following days, but didn't find a body or a human heat signature, according to the deputy um, cited in the paper. Uh, the only sign of anyone being in the area was a spot under a tree where it appeared someone sat down close to the roadway, within eyesight of where Lawson's pickup broke down. The report stated. What does that mean? Does that mean like there's actually like the area was heated up where you sat? Maybe they saw like footprints or something. Uh, on October 12th, police determined that Lawson was likely no longer in the county. Lofton filed a missing persons report on August 13th, which the same day as Texas Rangers searched the area by helicopter and determined there was no body out there. Lawson's girlfriend, uh, Lawson, told Oxygen.com that the recently discovered remains they suspect are Brandon's were within one mile radius of where Lawson's truck ran out of gas the night disappeared, which makes which, which always brings me to this. Uh, the average person, I would think, okay, well, they just didn't find him. He, he died out there. Well, if it's one mile, it sounds like he was taken and then brought back. Maybe, yeah. Because 
I, I mean, I don't know how you would one miles. I mean, granted, it, it's a big section, but from an aerial search, it's not huge. No. And I'm like, it sounds like he could have been telling the truth to his br- brother if that's what's truly what happened. Like, there was Mexicans chasing after him and whatnot. Yeah. And then, you know, boom, you know, they they off him and they bring him back. So it'll be interesting on this was uh, actually reported on February 7th. So I'm hoping within the next few weeks, we'll actually have a, a definitive answer on if it's him or not. But that 911 call is still very eerie to hear. So, uh, you know, now, now that we know more, just go back to episode 38 and just listen to that 911 call again. I play it in its entirety, maybe like four or five times. I can't remember, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I hope, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't think he's no longer with us. If it, I mean, and if it is him, I'm glad they found him and there's closure. Yeah, that'd be so, good. That's all I have, my guy. That's about it. Um, next deep dive is going to have to do with treasure. Okay, I'm down with that. Not not so much a conspiracy. This is all confirmed okay. stuff. That's good and stuff. And there's, there's tangible evidence. Okay. We were talking, uh, you, you've been off the Marco Polo for oh. since you've been sick. Um but we were talking about before that about how I thought it'd be cool to do a because a lot of people right now, especially since COVID's going on, everyone's saying, oh, all these right wing conspiracy theorists. I'm like, you know what? I want to do an episode on conspiracy theories that actually became true. Yeah. Because there's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> people think you're, oh, you're crazy. You're wackadoo. Are we though? Are we really? So, but. Yeah, this is going to be a good one, and I'm I'm excited about it because there's a lot of info on it. Yeah, so L- leave leave me in the, leave me in the dark. Yeah, don't tell me about it. Don't spoil it. Okay. So uh, we want to thank Amazon. I don't think the last episode I did. I don't think I did the uh, the credits. By the way, I don't know. I um, want to thank MSR Arms for putting on this shindig. Uh, make sure you go to uh, their website, msrarms.com, and use. Uh, code WTH5 for 5% off your entire purchase. Um, Ryan's a good mm-hmm. dude. He'll treat you well. Tell tell him, uh, well, if you use that code, he'll know that we, we sent you. But yeah, ladies, get your husband something nice for Valentine's Day, even though this is coming out a week later. Just say you forgot. It's okay. He'll, he'll forgive you. Yeah. Um, Thin Line Brewing, always awesome people to, to work with. Um, fun place to go. Best chips and salsa in town, hands down. I actually have some in my fridge. Lucky. Yeah. Um, and they have a, you know, website as well. And they, you know, they, they lots of cool swag, actually, believe it or not. Um, I wore my, uh, well, let's just say I had a Zoom call the other day. That was not a, um, a real WTH show show. And I needed a dress shirt. Um, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't have any that are like not wrinkled. So I threw on my button up thin line brewing black shirt that I got as a going away gift. Yes. So good shirt. It still fits, which is good. It means I didn't get any weight. You can hear us on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon, Google Play, anywhere. Um, podcasts are there. We should be there. Wilson's usually on top of all of that good stuff. Um, oh, also forgot. We have a new logo. We do. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Finally figured that out. Yeah, a, a buddy of mine that I used to work with in, in California um, moved to Oklahoma and he made his profile picture, this cartoon picture of him. 
I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. I want to do that for us. And so he goes, send me a picture. And then I'll, I'll have uh, um, my wife do it. And I'm like, okay, uh, what picture should I send? So uh, that picture uh, of our new logo is actually the picture that sometimes we'll use on the Instagram where you and I are at Thin Line Brewing and we're both pointing up. Because that was the day that they, had, they made the, 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 the beer after us. Yeah. And um, so that's our faces right there. And there's, there is another version of that picture, by the way, where she gave you, she goes, I didn't know if he had a mustache or not. So I go, oh, no, he does. He has a little creeper, like Frenchman mustache. <laughs> and she goes, she sends me another one. She goes, is this one better? I'm like, I started laughing. Well, yeah, that's about right. So I have the other version. I might post that one too. But okay. uh, her name is Elise, Elise Rundahl. Um, her husband, Wes, uh, former coworker of mine, um, she's awesome. So I want to give her a shout out. Her information is now in our show notes. Um, so if you like our, um, you know, our logo with a little, the little cartoony thing she did, um, give her, you know, go look at her. Um, she's on Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, and it's at caffeinated cupcake 650. So, uh, but all of the, uh, um, all of her information is in our show notes. So, um, and then we are on socialist media, which is Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and untapped untapped is the beer platform where Wilson takes all those beautiful beer pictures. And I post them and reference back to what episode they're on. Just amazing pictures. This guy sends me when he sends them to me. Yeah. Um, and you can contact us at 916-259-3030. Um, you can text that number as well. Um, or emails at the real WTH show at gmail.com. So that's all I have for today. My guy, hopefully, hopefully you feel better. Yep. Um, you, you look rested and, mm-hmm. um, and like I said, uh, it'll maybe, I don't know how long it'll be. I don't see it taking any more than two months for us to, to release, um, the next book. Cause we were going to, yeah. we're going to do like what we did last time or release them all at one time. Um, yeah, yeah. but, uh, it's going to be awesome. So, and expect us to be kind of like promoting it a little bit more. Um, we're going to hopefully have the author on, on this show, um, to talk about it. And then, um, we'll have him on probably at the very, very end of the book, um, to, if we have any questions and, um, again, the book is facing evil by Scott Brown and Victoria Newman. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, and also I think at the Danny Oliver foundation.com is that, is, is that the, is it a.com? Um, I'm if, not sure if, if you Google Danny, the Danny Oliver foundation, um, I think you could buy it from there as well. Um, and, uh, he is local to Sacramento, so it might be in some small Sacramento, uh, Cooper's coffee. Yeah. It's in some bookstores. Um, the Bayside, is yes. that what it's called? Bayside yeah, church, Bayside, uh, church. It's their uh, bookstore. And, uh, and then if you follow them at Scott and Liz Brown, which is their Facebook page, uh, if you follow him on there, he's been doing some, uh, local meet and greets and signings. So if you do get the book, um, go meet him. Um, I haven't met him personally cause I live out here, but Wilson has a couple times and he just seems could like have a met super... him this weekend. I could have. Yeah. He's only like six hours away. Oh, that's right. He's in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's a super nice guy from what I heard, you know, such a level head and it's going to be, it's going to be interesting reading this book. Um, it, it's, it's a new one for us because it's, this is real. This isn't, this isn't play dead. This isn't fiction. 
you know, this is real, real life. So again, Wait, it's real. Or is it? We don't know. Take the blue pill or the red pill. Why yeah. give me that look? Cut. What? Nope. Huh? Eat. Um, all right. Well, uh, you know, I think um we gotta say bye. Bye. Night. Later, dudes. I hate goodbyes. <laughs> oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I will see you there, or I will see you on another time. I'll be back. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. I'll catch you on the flip side. You got it, Jobin. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Latest on the men, Jay. Thank you, everybody, they're fine. Did that go the way you thought it was going to go? Then let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. I'm Joe Biden, and I can't remember this message. Stop it!